Hey, I've got great news for you. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. And because we like you so much, you can get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash bonfiresidechat. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, or whatever you like to listen to. Check it out. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And I'm CJ. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat Appendix, an undead second favorite. Where we ask you to reach out and touch the demon inside of us. Thank you so much for uh, uh, sticking with us, CJ, uh, despite yeah, how no late worries. it is for you. Uh, Thanks, we're going to be reading our errata from previous episodes and also your responses to uh, World 2-2 and 2-3 of Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and just get started with this quick one here. Um, it's the only piece of errata here, but uh, from Leonard by contact. And uh, he just wanted to point out, so last episode we attributed the Capra gif with uh, you know the two dogs tackling the baby and Capra tearing him on. Um, we, we thought that he had done that. He had just found it in the wild, yeah. which is quite all right. Um, yes. uh, I am really sorry, Leonard. Uh, we're going to have to ban you from the Facebook group. Yeah, for, for, we also, for Cole lacking to do his research. We all start with privilege. We all start <laughs> yeah. with our privileges, but they are not their privilege is not rights, and I can take them away because I yeah. am a god over you. Yeah, who I, who am I going to be able to ban when I forget to research things? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So everyone, look out! Yeah, I just you know what my only crime is thinking highly of our fans. You know they're so creative. <laughs> he's, and... he's still great. It's still great. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't. I'm not one of those. I I hate those guys who are like. They show you something, you show some them something on the internet, and they're like, I've already seen that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like, oh, like, yeah, fuck me for trying to show you something funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, don't be a dickhead. Like, here, here, here's, a, here's, a, here's the thing something funny is still going to be funny, like, the next five times you see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if somebody's, like, showing me the all your base video and, like, acting like it's the, the best thing in the world, like, I might be a little bit like, oh, kiddo, you know, but I'm not going to be like, uh, why did you do this to me? You know, like you're just trying to share something funny. Like it always comes from a place of good. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind yeah. of like, I, I want to bring a little bit of light into your life. Yeah. Like, I, what is it? Uh, I can't remember that. Like I would put something on, uh, there's a guy who I used to, was a coworker of mine at an old job and I would put something on Facebook and he'd be like, old internet is old. I'm like, fuck you. Like maybe I was working or doing something else rather than like <laughs> yeah. trolling the same tumblers that you were asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go to hell. Um, so if anybody shares something with you from the internet and you've already seen it, just be gracious. Yeah, say, hey, th- yeah. Thanks, thanks for no, thinking of me. Yeah. 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 The moral of that story is he's dead now. Yeah, yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah, the moral of that story is I'm currently laying eggs in his chest cavity. <laughs> so, so my brood can use his carcass for sustenance. Yeah, yeah exactly. Little miniature Garys. PC gaming, PC gaming, <laughs> Lovecraft. <laughs> um, Triple A Increased prices in supermarkets. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's an option. Yeah. I don't even like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> 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 uh, those are my babies. Um, CJ, do you want to read uh, Ben's submission? These are these are not corrections. These are just people's responses. 
Yeah, no problem. Uh, ben says, Stonefang Tunnel. I must have died a dozen times at the corpulent hands of the fucking fat official. <laughs> the insufferable salamanders and those shit heel hit like a frame tra- freight train miners. But strangely enough, when I finally reached the armoured spider and later flame lurker, I killed each boss in one go round. I don't actually even remember the fights. This utter stroke of dumb luck became the foundation of my misplaced confidence, which eventually led me to finish, finish the game. I erroneously thought, wow, that was easy. I must be really good at this. <laughs> While the game took pains to, uh, to thoroughly disabuse me of this notion, I thought you might enjoy hearing my apparently unusual experience with the dozens, uh, sorry, with the denizens of Stonefang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for, for as methodical and as predictable and almost like machine-like as the soul games are, a run of good luck can, can very much alter your experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's a, the element of luck down to like the, you know, the random number generator that determines what the enemies do. And then also confidence mm-hmm. speaks a lot too, because you have to, you know, take risks and, you know, a risk isn't, uh, you know, by, by definition, it's not something, you know, the result of. So right. it's a little bit of a gamble in and of itself. And you just happen to, to chance upon the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, a limited number of verbs, you know, ways you can react to any situation. <laughs> one of them is the right one. You're going to get, you know, a, a stopped clock is right twice a day. Yeah. Like you're going to get it, you know, every once in a while. So one of them is the right one, but hesitation is always an option and it's never a very good one. Yeah, exactly. It's almost yeah. always the wrong one. Yeah. More less so in this game than in Dark Souls. Right. But uh definitely definitely the case. Like there are then there are there are bosses in this game where it's best to kind of take stock. Um but if if you don't do that and just do the right thing right away, mm-hmm. you know, good good on you. I think that it probably attributes to some of like, you know, this boss has never given me trouble, but has given Cole trouble and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it's just us coming to it the first time and having good luck or just kind of making a lucky guess. And then at that point, that mental block being down monsters and just they like, look like monsters to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a, there's a balance across the souls games of you can, you can get lucky, you can become more confident, but then you can get cocky. And that's that's when it can, it, no matter how many times that you've played it, it can still lead you in a, into a, a, a cul-de-sac of destruction, if you will. Um, but but at the, at the, uh, on the other side of that, there can be those moments where your back's up against the wall or even, even as muscle memory, you just think, I'm going to do this. And then it works. And you're sitting there in the aftermath, you know, the... the uh, the demons sort of going up, your, your soul's levels sort of getting sky high, and you're sitting there going, oh, my God. And that's mm-hmm. one of the beautiful rushes of the Souls games. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for me, it's, it's a match sort of elsewhere as well because um, it's, it, often it's, it's, it's mindset and it's, it's being uh, strategic, and as we, as we said earlier, with sort of taking step by step. But there's times when the, when the game does throw things at you and... Mm you become adaptable and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not even a conscious thing as to how you get beyond those. And that's, it could be any of those at the same time. It's that, uh, it's that dice roll. Yep. Making decisions on the fly. Good. CJ, are you, um, like a follow up question to that. Are you looking for a keyboardist for a call to sack of destruction? Yeah. (laughs) Cause 'cause if so, (laughs) I haven't played in a band in a while. The band, the band names in the, uh, in the last episode as well. (laughs) It was was some great ones in there. I was thinking like, I'd I'd see that band. Where would they, where would they be on a, on a, on a six band uh, festival? (laughs) Fourth. Yeah. yeah, and with the cold sack of destruction, there's only one way in and one way out, and the rest of it is just it's just an arc of houses that all rock. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's one way in. Maybe it's the wrong. roofs sort of <laughs> tip round and then the drum kit's there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's like music in the round or something. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Concept. Yeah. Have you yeah. heard called the sack of destruction? No. Their singer sounds like Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like human sized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you know, man? Ronnie James Dio was a Muppet. <laughs> yeah, he was voiced by the same guy that did Yoda. Yeah. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Ronnie James Dio was Frank Oz. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. And join us on next week's Behind the Music when VH1 looks further into small people with voices and compares them to puppets. Oh, man. Ronnie James Dio. And and, uh, what's his name from The Who? (laughs) Or from ACDC? (laughs) Trying to sneak into a movie theater? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the thing I can never get beyond with uh, Bat Out of Hell by Meatloaf was oh. when the chorus comes in, it just sounds like loads of the really tiny puppets from the Muppets. You know, like the ones that are like little cabbages and sort of lambs and stuff. All <laughs> yeah. from behind a wall and start going, like a bat out of hell. And there's about like 12 <laughs> of them. And then they all sort of disappear comedically after the chorus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how much of a target this puts on me, but I really like Meatloaf. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> What's that? whoa is what not, i said not 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 like you know like oh man i would like go see him on tour but like the it's fun Ooh. it is fun fun his music. name is robert paulson yeah yeah <laughs> I, I guess i guess it depends like uh, like seeing him wanting to see him on tour because it's fun yeah. i mean i was projecting a you know more more meatloaf literacy yeah no no like I, I only know the greatest hits however i gotcha. enjoy the over the topness of it that that that's that's absolutely acceptable. For yeah. some reason, I just like I don't feel like anybody should know a non meatloaf single. Like, yeah, that, that's yeah. weird to me. I, yeah. <laughs> so, so 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 to put so to put this in perspective, I have sang um, uh, "Paradise" by the Dashboard Lights at karaoke, but I've not felt good about it. Okay, there, there we go. <laughs> there we, that characterizes it, right? Yeah, yeah, that that is, that is perfect. <laughs> okay, when it, when it comes to puppets and music, the only other one that I can really relate to is. Uh, why I really can't get into hardcore because like the, you know the the ones where you've got the uh the kind of gravelly gravelly singer yeah, and then yeah. you've got the, the real singer and one's going like i am singing verses <laughs> and then somebody else comes in it just sounds like cookie monster to me just like <laughs> cutting in like i am singing the, oh cookies cookies no <laughs> and i wish that was the case because it just would be great <laughs> that, that and henry rollins looks like sam the eagle Oh, and uh, the um, Oscar the Grouch she's Quentin Tarantino. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I can see that. Uh, just with the proportions of the face. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just the voice as well. Just like, uh, just imagine a kid going up to, uh, to Oscar the Grouch and going like, let me tell you what, I can't do a Quentin Tarantino voice, but, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to talk to a young kid about Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> where, what, why he positioned the camera on the floor and the kid's going like, do you like lollipops? <laughs> <laughs> and how the cop cried because Harvey Keitel uh, uh, ad-libbed that line about killing his wife or something. Yeah, I think there's a TV show. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, <laughs> Muppets reiterating trivia about. <laughs> We've gone on some tangents on this podcast. Yes, we it's have. Been <laughs> it's been a tribute. Oh man, wait till the deleted scenes. This is this is off the rails. <laughs> 
um, Joe via contact. I'm always so excited to see new names. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think I, if you have if you have responded, don't be insulted by that, Joe. You have a very common name. Um, but um, for years, I had no idea there was a path other than the shortcut through two two. I found it straight away on my first ever playthrough, and through pure faith and luck, and maybe some dexterity um, for that safer landing, uh, managed to make it all the way to the bottom with a series of jumps on my first try. Imagine my surprise upon finding the area boss within five minutes of starting the level. Needless to say, the flame lurker pummeled me into the dirt, but eventually I beat him without ever realizing I'd skipped an entire portion of the game. Dragon God, on the other hand... I didn't like the level, but his glowing yellow eyes reminded me of the miners. The aggressive miners had glowing yellow eyes. Perhaps he was controlling them? Not convinced? Prepare your tinfoil hats, <laughs> folks. What color is the head wrap that the old monk uses to control you? Yellow. Ha ha! All in all, 2-2 makes me miss the safer landing perk from leveling up dexterity, which was sadly absent from Dark Souls. Is that a thing? Is the yep. okay? Yep, yeah, yeah. And your your fall damage is greatly reduced anyway in Demon Souls. But yeah. the more dexterity you have, the less falling damage you get. We spoke earlier, didn't we, about the uh, dra- the Dragon God perhaps controlling everything yeah. within within that level and being a a newborn creature that's 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 struggling to uh, enforce the hive mind, which is why everything moves so sleepily. So uh, yeah, so yes, kindred yeah. spirits hmm. on that one, Joe. Yeah, in the, pre- in the previous episode, we alluded to the to the scale miners being uh, hollow or uh, soulless or whatever, uh, draglings versions of whatever uh, creature they are, and so like to to have their actual consciousness replaced by this uh, insidious demon. Um, yeah, I could see that entirely. Yeah, mayhaps. Um, yeah, Sam says via contact. I actually trudged through 2-2 entirely on my first try, still freshly bodied from the mechanical spider, and had possibly my most stressful boss battle in any Souls game, thanks to the Flame Lurker, who is a gigantic, pressuring asshole who never lets up. No wonder he got put on guard duty at the far bottom of a mine, because fuck that guy. I managed to beat him that first time, but only by using up almost all my stashes of magical semen and medicinal weed. (laughs) Thank you, Sam. Um, Anyway, the real moral of the story is that if you're going to make a puzzle boss fight, make the run-up minimal and give the player safe spaces to think and plan. That's a that's a huge difference between Beta Chaos and Dragon God that yeah. we didn't point out. Is that you can try you can do rapid iteration on your what mm-hmm. you're doing with the Dragon God in a way you really can't with the, the Bed of Chaos. Yeah, you're always exposed in the Bed of Chaos. Well no, not that. The fact that the run up oh, from yeah. the Dragon yeah. God is nothing and the run up from the Bed of Chaos is not insignificant. So that's a huge oh, difference. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Again. that's true. That's an interesting thing about all the, the archdemons mm-hmm. in Demon Souls. Like you just get unlimited tries like right there. Yeah. With all of them. Mm-hmm. Huh. I don't know. Oh, okay. Can, can you, can you recharacterize that? Because I, I think, I think I'm, I'm getting mixed up. So you're saying bed of chaos, big run. Bed of, bed of chaos. When you, when you die to the bed of chaos, which you, you inevitably will, yeah. you start back at the bonfire in the middle of that lake of lava. Right. And have to run through all of Lost Isleth. Okay. When you die in the dragon God, you start down like up a hill from him. Yeah. Like down the hall. Yeah, so it's a good, there's a much rapid there's okay. a much more okay. rapid yep. like you know mm-hmm. your your impetus to experiment is encouraged and and you're testing new solutions because the penalty for failure is negligent. Yeah, okay. Negligent. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that 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 makes sense to me. It makes more sense in the way that I initially parsed that. So yeah, 
Yeah. And then, and then just the fact that that happens with all the archdemons. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Um, yeah. Huh. Hmm. Except, I, you know, actually the run-up from the – in 3-3, three, uh, three, three, mm-hmm. that, that actually sucks. Going yeah. up those stairs with the Black Phantom uh, Mind Flayers. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, actually, yeah, that 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 is awful, actually. Yeah, but the the re- almost uh, you know all the rest of them are actually are no problem. So yeah, even even three two sucks just because you're going to die the, to the man eaters so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even though it's dro- well, that's not an arch demon though. So like uh, this, yeah, this is what I, I was saying is like all the arch yeah. demons they tend to be right there. Yeah. So hmm. yeah, interesting. I hadn't thought about that. As far as the, the flame lurker, the only thing about like you're right that he is a gigantic pressuring asshole who never lets up. I just like the idea of characterizing. It sounds like somebody who's trying to pressure you into doing drugs or something. <laughs> Come like, on, he's, he's a pressuring <laughs> asshole. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Um, yeah, and then why don't uh, CJ? Why don't you take us on out with Levi here? Yeah, uh, Levi says hours of running around, lost, screaming. What is the point of the bear bugs? <laughs> Finally, I decide to go back to the giant hole I filmed earlier and jump down, uh, jump down in. Twenty falling deaths later, I find myself in, t- in front of a fog gate. When I picked up the enchanted fist weapons that were nearby, I couldn't help but think um, that I was set- being set up for failure. I was. Flame Lurker was my first hurdle. I left World 2 on a quest to find a good magic weapon. I returned later with the enchanted falchion and swiftly dispatched Mr. Lurker as he's known to his friends. For the record, I like Flame Lurker. He's one of the few bosses who is actually challenging in Demon Souls. Controversial. (laughs) And gives you that great sweaty palm feeling that's so necessary for a great boss fight. Yeah. Yeah. I think think that because he's, he's so aggressive, but the arena is so huge... Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's quite intimidating in itself because wherever you run off to, he's going to get you, unless it's you know it's those uh, those beautiful pair of ribs that are around the corner. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, so so like the, so I think there's a difference in the difficulties. Figuring out what to do versus actually pulling it off. So mm-hmm. like you think of something like the Tower Knight, where the trick is just to figure out oh if I attack his heels he gets vulnerable, or the uh, the Adjudicator, which is. Okay, the same thing, except with the meat cleaver instead of the heels, mm. you know, stuff like that. Like, those are challenging in a way that, like, once you figure it out, okay, I just need to execute it, execute on it, and, and, and I'm good. Whereas with the Flame Lurker, um, I, you know, I would say the Maneaters are, by and large, uh, without a doubt, uncontrovertibly, unequivocally harder. The hardest bosses in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, they're hard in a very similar way, which is... Like, there's no real trick to them, except you just have to do damage and watch patterns and get through it. Yeah. There, I mean, the, 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 there's a little bit of that to the Tower Knight. Like, the Tower Knight is also, like, you have to attack him there, but if you can't get him to fall in one. Like, it is it is true that there's a gimmick to it. Mm-hmm. So it's the difference between, like, a Sif and a, or a, you know, an Artorias, where there's no gimmick to those fights. Right. It's just a fight. Um, Alant is like that, too. The, the, the Alant yeah. boss fight yeah. is, is real good in that respect. Um but yeah, I, I would most I would I would agree with you, and it's interesting to to kind of classify in your mind the uh, the Dark Souls bosses that fall under one or both of those mm-hmm. things. Um, even though sometimes the gimmick is just the fact that you have to die. You know, when you look at something like Ornstein and Smo, where I guess the gimmick is that there's two of them, but you you know you know what to do. You just have to play well. Yeah, 
you know? I think, and there are probably, I think, probably more, ga- more bosses in Demon Souls with kind of tricks to them, Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? So you look at, you know, Adjudicator, you look at the uh, the Storm King, you look at the old hero, yeah. you know, um, there, <laughs> and ones outside of World 4, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Maiden made in Estrella, or you look at, uh, you know, there are one, or the uh, the doll, the Fool's Idol, like there are ones that, there are more trick enemies, mm-hmm boss fights with kind of gimmicks behind them which i like like yeah, i like too. figuring out that's why you know in uh, dark souls like priscilla stood out to me so much because even though it's not particularly hard it's cool you know it's it's a neat challenge like this is something very different you yeah. know and then you've got then in dark souls you've got someone like calamite who's just like uh, who just doesn't give you any lead in to his next move whatsoever <laughs> which uh, yeah. which makes him one of the greatest boss battles he was just like ah that thing i did last time not doing that or oh, straight into yeah. this one now <laughs> oh look i'm swooping down oh i've landed quicker than you re- than you recognized from last time here's that magic thing oh now i've hit you with my tail and yeah. it's just uh, one after the other it's fantastic yeah. The more I think about it, the more just the whole the all, all of the all of the DLC is probably some of my favorite video game ever. Oh yeah. I, I think it's it, the way that it ties up the the lore as well. Oh yeah. Um it, it just puts a, a pretty pink bow on everything. But mm-hmm. when you go back to to regular um Dark Souls as well, there's some there's there's odd little bits that creep in to far later where you go, "Oh my god." Like um when you when you're going uh, towards Manus and you get this the um, <laughs> you meet Sif, you've got uh, Alvina, the ghost of Alvina, a couple of times beforehand, and then when you look at the uh, where the Forest Covenant are mm-hmm. and where Alvina is, that she's actually protecting Sif yep. and mm-hmm. Artorius's grave, and she's not just this this sort of meowy kind of pain <laughs> in the backside. Um, that, that that's what's there. She's there to protect Artorius's legacy in his grave, and it's like. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! When that finally sinks in, and oh, it's it's wonderful. But I yeah. I agree. I just think it's a and, um, it's and a they, masterpiece the way it draws things together. And they give you enough credit for being a goddamn grown ass person and being yeah. able to figure it out yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's why the the level of storytelling is so masterful because you can you can enjoy the game primarily just for the game being brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the way that most of us played the game initially, but. Once it starts to sort of getting under your fingernails, just little bits, and you you start learning to read, or you go, "Oh, that character's from a story," and oh, so's that one, and <laughs> it's and you know, then you start looking for people ex- exploring the lore, and mm-hmm. it just becomes more and more addictive to keep playing and to keep uh, you know listening to discussions and watching the YouTube stuff, and um, that's the continual fascination for me because. You know, you can you can buy new games, but Dark Souls doesn't always let you play them for very long. Yep. Mm-hmm. You become fluent in it, and then you want more yeah. and more. Yeah. I think with um, going back to two uh, two as well, I think that if you're not being successful with the uh, with the Flame Lurker, it almost gives you a uh, a plan B just beforehand by giving you the uh, the uh, Dragon Longsword, mm-hmm. because four one is the best place to to farm for souls and level up. Mm-hmm. The dragon longsword is fantastic against the those sort of Cylon skeletons that, <laughs> that are in uh, the in four one. So it does give you the tools to go right. Think on your feet. If you need to be tougher, if you need to be harder, here's a great thing to really carve them a new arse. Yeah, um, and then you know crack on from there. Huh. And you can use that actually to get the crescent falchion, which uh, will uh, aid you greatly um, mm-hmm. against yeah. the against the flame lurker. Yeah. Yep, yep. So that's a yep. wonderful piece of design, I think, not to... Because um, the, the Souls games 
do this generally, I think, that um, even if you, your skill level isn't phenomenal, and I'm far from the, the greatest <laughs> game player in the world, but it, it gives you a challenge. And it's like, well, here's, here is the challenge. How will you overcome it? And it's not just one... Uh, one skill difficulty that you've got to get over or, you know, selecting your easy, medium and hard. It's like, well, if I level up, if I try this weapon, oh, perhaps I'll do this th- next time. Oh, the, you know, the, the boss or the enemy was doing this, I'll try this. It's just thinking on your feet and trying on sort of different hats, if you will, to succeed. And once, you'd, once you're, you're into that mindset, it becomes really addictive that it's not a brick wall that you're up against. Mm-hmm. Right. And that touches on something that I keep coming to in the podcast, which is the kind of um, unusual uh, kindnesses of these game designs. You know, this game design. Like, it's not a coincidence that you find the spider shield right before you get into Blight Town. Mm-hmm. You know, like the game is helping you constantly. Yeah. You know, it is not as hostile as the reputation that it has. Like, mm-hmm. it is really helping you along. You just have to pay attention and, and work for it. You know, it's a like the soul, souls help those who help themselves. Like, <laughs> you know, and that's really kind of the lesson. Like, if you look for things, just down to that like dragon sword thing. If like you're looking for it, you will find a way around whatever you're butting for. But you have to look for it, and that's the difference. But if you're talking about blight town, sorry, not um, not blight town. The, the the depths. Like once you get into the depths and you find the the ring of the evil eye, mm-hmm. that suddenly yeah. makes progress infinitely easier because rather than thinking oh i'm gonna have to go back to a bonfire or i'm gonna have to use an estus it's like well if i trolley into these next bunch of enemies i can you know get a little bit of health every time and it 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 encourages you to be more courageous that you you can sort of get get that back without chipping into your uh your your estus or other such like yeah it meets out advantages it titrates these things mm. that can get you ahead yeah yep, yep. i've never actually uh, is it significant the amount of health you get back from that i've picked it up but i it comes at a weird place in my ring kind of progression where i end up yeah. finding something i want more shortly after the wiki says it heals 30 hp from fallen enemies which is not insignificant actually mm. cool it's sort of it's sort of one uh, one sort of uh you know the the little sort of indentations on the health bar. It's one of those yeah. per, t- per time. Yeah. Um, so you know if you if your health bars say halfway down, mm-hmm. um, and you've got a few enemies that you, that you can run out, or even sort of go into areas where you think there's going to be enemies that you can successfully get beyond, mm-hmm. you might be sort of getting up to you know three quarters or near to a, a full health bar. Or even if your your energy's low and you've run out of Estus, there's still this level of I can push on through this. I can do it. And it encourages, mm-hmm. encourages that instinct within you. And I, th- I think that's, that's fabulous. Yeah. yeah. And, and the depths are early enough on that you're fighting large numbers of relatively weak enemies. You know, the rats mm-hmm. and, you know, if you, if you have high enough curse resist the basilisk, there are plenty of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is, a, it, it is a relatively steady supply of, uh, you know, yeah. up. Yeah. It's also, I mean, that's significant too. Like we, we didn't spend too much time talking about that ring just because I've, I've never used it. But mm-hmm. it's, it's noteworthy that there. I mean, there really are four ways of getting health back. Yeah. You know, like if you're not going to use a miracle, Estus or a humanity, like that is the other way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting stuff. Yeah, the the games are you know really well designed and much more friendly than I think they're given credit for. Yeah. Um, I think I think because of the price point um, that. That the games have fallen to, you know, with regards to Steam sales and uh, and various stores, there's 
there's been a few people that have gone, I can't really can't really say no at that price. And I think <laughs> a number of, of those people have been really surprised once they once they click with it. And you know, I I've always said to people that um keep your shield up, don't be afraid <laughs> to take a hit on it, and that'll stagger the enemy and see see where you go from there. But people generally tend to get it and tend to become really enthusiastic about it and you know that's that's one of the things that that ties into you know why why paddy and i started doing sort of our podcast was Mm -hmm. it's nice to hear those little victories for people that have Mm -hmm. perhaps been put off by the by the game and how enthusiastic they 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 can be so you make uh, it sound like a support group (laughs) it it, it almost we're all supporting one another because let's face it if we um if we weren't doing doing all of this together i think um Mm -hmm. i think it wouldn't be wouldn't be as much fun but to to get a game where where people are still playing what over yeah. two years mm-hmm. since it's released yeah. and still talking about it and still finding new things is it's fabulous i still watch tons and tons of stuff on on yeah. youtube and you know sunlight blades channel i started watching the uh the pvp stuff and um yeah I, i'm still I, st- I still won't shut up about it <laughs> <laughs> I get a little bit upset whenever I hear the, the that old saw that meme like oh I won't play this game because it's hard mm-hmm. because it's it's such a you know we, we just spent the past like what seven minutes talking about it but it's a misconception and you know to hear that it's like well but play it anyway yeah Which, you know well, it's, that point you're arguing from than, a disadvantage yeah yeah it's different than I want to be the guy yeah you know it's different from like when people hear hard I think that like the legendarily hard moniker is applied to a certain kind of game masochism yeah um you know or like uh the printy can i really be the hero or something like that mm-hmm. um which is very different than how this yeah. plays and so. like the souls games have recontextualized what i consider to be hard in games you know mm-hmm. yeah yep as a yeah exactly as opposed to you know uh something i feel to be like arbitrary or shitty or yeah you know just kind of poorly designed like mm. yeah very very different yeah. Very different experiences. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I don't want to be misunderstood. I don't mean that, that to be like, I've played enough souls that it's like I grew up in strong gravity and now I'm strong. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not that it's just, you know, it, it, and there's a, there, there's a, there's a spectrum to it. There's a nuance. I, one of my one favorite thing... stories, one of my favorite <laughs> stories was when, uh, dark souls first came out and, uh, one retailer saying that they'd had a number of people bring the game back because it was <laughs> too hard for them or, or whatever. But, that retailer was saying we had a number of those people come back and <laughs> ask to buy the game again because they couldn't get it out of, out of their mind. And at that point, the, the second-hand versions had, had, had been eagerly snapped up and those people mm-hmm. were buying new copies again. <laughs> so, they, so they played it. It had frustrated them. Perhaps they'd, they'd read some more on, online or they just plain couldn't get it out of their head and they'd mm-hmm. gone back to buy it again. So that's, that to me suggests that it's, you know, it's enigmatic, that it's got this, this wonderful X factor that's not there elsewhere. And sometimes people can't process that mm-hmm. um, uh, until a little while after. That's exactly my story. I mean, I'm on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, an, mm-hmm. an old podcast, like when I first played it, like I, there's audio on the website of me saying like, fuck this game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what episode is that in, Cole? Uh, I need to go find it. It's uh, it's yeah. it is it is there. I'll probably put it at the end of this episode or something since it's my yeah. edit. Just cause. I've been yeah. I've been I definitely wanted to dig through like the you know hundreds of hours of level backlog <laughs> to find it. But um, yeah, I've always been interested to hear hear your take on it. At that point, yeah. the um, yeah, one thing it has done when you say it's like recontextualized. It's not like you grew up in greater gravity. Like it's rare that I apply Soul's lessons to 
regular games. <laughs> what I have noticed is that I find myself kind of seeking different experiences when I'm playing video games more often. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of my extracurricular playing like things and we talked about this way back in the first episode I think when we were com- making comparisons between Dark Souls and God of War mm-hmm. where it's like it's hard for me to go back to like a dumb action adventure game. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. like you know a lot of the games I've been playing instead are really different experiences. Like it's hard for me to do a game that like does soul stuff but worse. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. an over the solar bash them up, like just doesn't like there's not enough there. You mm-hmm. know, I just can't do it. Like I can play an RPG or I can play an indie game. That's a totally different experience. But something that's a shadow of this is hard to go to. Yeah. That that quirk of nuance is something that uh, that really sings, though. You know, when you when you notice a game and I can I can forgive a lot in a game if it's if it's been ambitious or it's or it's trying to do something new. Um, but I mean, I've been, I've been playing State of Decay a lot this year, the mm-hmm. Xbox Live Arcade game, yeah. and yeah. it it does it does pacing so so well. Um, it knows that uh, with horror games, often it's uh, it's about the moments when it's quiet as much as the the moments when it's uh, aggressive. And there's there's been parts in that game where I've genuinely panicked that I've sort of shouted <laughs> at the screen like a nutter. Um, <laughs> but even at, even towards the start of the game, it uh, as you're approaching the the, the town of uh, of Mount Tanner, there's a there's a long drive up to the town, yeah. and you know a, a, a sort of piece of music which gently floats along in the background. But there's this real feeling of dread, you know, something weigh, weighing on your shoulders. That even though it's a, a a character on screen, and you know the the characters aren't really flush with uh, characterization as such. The, the town feels real. It's one of those. You, Grant Morrison said that um, when you walk amongst a, a Silent Hill or, a, 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 or something like that, it feels like a real place that you visited, that you've walked within, because you can you know where certain streets are. You could you could walk around that town in your head as if you actually visited there in the real. And mm-hmm. it, uh, Mount Tanner feels very much like that as well. Yeah, that's I. I hit that game real hard when it first came out and then moved and kind of just hasn't, haven't picked it back up, but that's a real good game. And that's, you're right. Like that's, that's what that game does best is it's not so much the planning and it's not so much any, there are no big moments. Mm-hmm. Like that game is without like a giant cutscene with any kind of shock and awe. It's all about anticipation and, you know, quiet moments of, you know, dread because you don't know what's, you can't, you know, you don't have eyes in the back of your head. And well, that's can, why can... that's the hook of that game. I can kick it on for sort of, you know, if I've got 20 minutes and just sort of clear a, a house full of infestation or um, I'd, I'd argue that there are sort of bigger moments in there. I mean, I, I remember there was there was one uh, mission where I had to visit some ne'er-do-wells that were that were sort of over on a uh, some sort of farm and they might know where the doctor was. And I, I looked at my map and I was like, the arrow's pointing off screen. And I zoomed out the map. The first time I zoomed out the map, I was like, arrow's still pointing off screen it was like oh my god how big is this place and i got up mm. there and i was talking to these guys and, and one of them just said the equivalent of they're coming and he, they they looked at he looked out of the window mm. and there were dots on the horizon from the field way 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 away and i was just thinking oh my god and it was it was minutes before they got there but part of you was just going <laughs> and it was this 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 wonderful dichotomy between sort of bravery and genuinely bricking it, <laughs> yeah. and, and sort of 
wondering if you could survive it. And I actually lost the character at that moment. And yeah. um, I, I eventually ran out of this house and was running out of stamina. And stamina, in a similar way to the Souls games, uh, can control sort of, uh, in this game, can control running and sort of swinging weapon. And it got to a point where I had loads of the undead sort of upon me and I had a little bit of stamina left and if I ran, I was pounced upon. If I swung an axe, I was pounced <laughs> upon. And it was just this real, uh, this almost sort of death rattle that was in me. It was just like, <gasps> I didn't mm. know what to do. And <laughs> I, I lost the character at that point. And yeah. uh, I sat there on the couch after and I was mortified because it felt that pressure um, and that sheer degree of panic and not knowing what to do for the best just really ran through me and that's that's one of the things that cemented my addiction to the game i think yeah. I, I guess what i mean is like the 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 uh the big moments are all quiet like it's that moment of anticipation yeah. as opposed to a cutscene or like a boss fight or something mm-hmm. and and like it's interesting that you had that experience with that encounter because that fell really weirdly flat for me like the game i ended up kind of boarding up that house and the guys who were trying to get in um were never like aggressive enough to do it uh-huh. And I couldn't find the triggers to end it. Like, I ca- I managed to kill them because there was a real, like, they, you know, uh, they were just kind of trickling in one by one and it was no problem. And the thing just wouldn't end. Like, it was a weird point in which the game broke um, mm-hmm. for me. But it's, like, it's, it's just, like, that's the appeal of a, a game where everything can kind of be procedurally generated that way. You know, where they're, they're not set encounters. So the, uh, the game rules can kind of, the elements of the game can kind of interact with each other in interesting ways to create you know, memorable moments for in different situations. And you can, you can, you know, take your choice as to, as to whether you're going to go and try and check in on a survivor or you're going to do one thing, you're going to do another. So it's, it's constantly as to what you really want to do. And it's not trying to funnel you down a path. And that's, yeah. that's something that I, I really enjoy about it. Plus everybody does have, you know, different experiences of it. Like, like you were saying about that, that moment or the funniest one was a, a guy called, uh, David Turner's on, uh, the Joypod podcast, who uh, had to end uh, a character and he got no bullets in his gun and his weapon had broke and he just ended up jumping on this bloke's head <laughs> <laughs> until he died. He was like, that's, that's just shocking. But, um, but yeah, yeah. For, for, the, for the sake of uh, £14, as it was, borrow, borrow a penny, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed that this year. Oh yeah, that's a super good game. I apologize for being quiet, but you mentioning Grant Morrison saying the word Silent Hill for some reason like triggered <laughs> triggered me into this reverie and i've i've been looking at this at this interview um like the the the, the it's a confused example and i think it reveals a lot about me but if it, like the only equivalent i can think of is if is if christina hendrix came up to me and said hey have you heard about this band ockerville river yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, d- I do love i do love morris and i must admit so uh, oh yeah, so, yeah. it's interesting to see him speak about games because i would mm-hmm. not seen him uh, speak about video games before and he you know he, he tipped the hat towards just cause 2 which i had stupendous amounts of fun with yeah. uh but then kind of had my own journey with that where the story is absolute bollocks it's it's a <laughs> it's, it's a rubbish story but i just ended up you know shooting stuff and driving cars and doing the general things that i don't normally enjoy in a stamp sandbox because uh i was just having fun at my own pace but i stuck in um a, a memory stick of old Commodore 64 chip tunes and that just made it sound feel more <laughs> gamey and I was really enjoying that and then I put in uh, put on some Radiohead 
and all of a sudden everything just turned upside down because <laughs> this this uh, Pinal for all uh, for uh, as utterly ridiculous as it was, and you know how cartoony all the all the combat was. Suddenly, the sun setting on this far off island that was corrupt and war torn with Radiohead playing in the background just seemed really sinister and mm-hmm. sad and. I don't know. It put a it put a different context on things, and I, you know, I was like, "Oh, she's great." <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm sure you've heard me go on about it before on the show, but that's my favorite comic book author. Like I'm, I've yeah. read just about everything. Everything Grant Morrison's done that doesn't have Batman or, you know, DC <laughs> characters I don't know about anything about in. So Morris, all his Morris Vertigo is one stuff. Of those and, people that that changed my life. I mean that. Uh, his, his Doom Patrol stuff, that final yeah. Animal Man destroyed me. And Flex yeah. Mantano, I, I, I still think he's one of the most perfect, perfect stories that's ever been written. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Flex Mantano is incredible. And the, the uh, I had a real, real, like, a, I feel like a year of obsession about the Invisibles, where, yeah. like, if you looked at my Facebook history, like, there's a section where, like, I, I was changing my profile picture. To you know, to to Mr. Quimper and like everything was like uh-huh. a quote from, and and it was just this ridiculous thing that took over my life um, for a while. And then uh, he also like he does. And I know Cole's read this, but the uh, his run on when he does like commercial stuff, like his run on mm-hmm. X Men is my favorite thing yeah. in the X Men. Yeah, universe. I've got those yeah and like on. the, the yeah. X Men is just fantastic. And the best thing that's been done with that property. Yeah. Have you um, read the um, the Super Gods book that he's done? Uh, yes. Yeah, loved it. Yep, loved yep. it to pieces. Devoured yep. that. I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's he's incredible. Have you seen the documentary? Yeah, yeah, I've got that. I've got that yeah. on my uh, on my PS3, and uh, I really enjoyed the conversations he's done with Kevin Smith recently as well. Hmm. I have I haven't seen those. Yeah, huh. uh, Fat Man on Batman, I think they're called. But there's there's one which which covers similar uh, ground to to the documentary. Um, but it's uh, there's a there's a great piece where Grant tries to to tie all of Batman's history and various versions together. Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. superb, like it, like w- when he was in the sixties, that he'd uh, he'd inhaled so much Joker gas that he was seeing these big whams <laughs> and kapows above his head, and just uh, just literally drawing a line, a, a perfect line between the entire history of Batman. Um, and he's, oh, that's great. Know, Morrison's wonderful when you hear him talk. I think he's a mm-hmm. uh, a really eloquent speaker, and I'd I'd love to see someone like that visit schools and talk to children. <laughs> yeah, and, ju- and, ju- and just just try and blow their minds completely and just get them thinking out of the box because he's you know he's he's been so important to to my life in the way that i look at the world and think and you know him and uh mark wade and jm dematius have been sort of uh you know big influences on me so oh yeah graham morrison walks into a classroom and just writes storytelling on the blackboard and then walks <laughs> out <laughs> <laughs> And then all the kids follow him, and the teacher's like, where are you going? They're like, we're following the bald man. He's great. (laughs) But he'd probably walk in there in, like, a a crushed velvet purple suit and, like, a a really beautiful leather tie and and probably those glasses from The Invisibles and perhaps a spiky rucksack. And the kids would be like, it's negative Santa. And negative <laughs> Santa. That's pretty good. Uh, you've got you, Cole. You've got to read something trippier by by him because, yeah. like, the new X Men is like a is a kind of a master class and like mm-hmm. really hooky, good storytelling. Yeah. The more like the stuff he's done independently that is more meta and weird mm-hmm. is uh, is more what I know him for. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to get you. Like, I know I, your comic reading schedule, whatever that is. But um, <laughs> read, uh, and I think I've suggested this to you before. Read the filth. 
because I feel like it's it's like it's one volume, so it's relatively easily to di- easy to digest, and it kind of functions as like a, a small like a version writ small of the Invisibles, which is like mm-hmm. his his big ambitious you yeah. know crazy thing. Yeah, uh, um, did you ever get uh, Lovely Biscuits, the, the little short story book that he did in mm-hmm. about two thousand? No, uh, I've never heard of that. The, one of them tied into the Invisibles, which was the the Hand of Glory. Okay. Uh, basically, um, with Sherlock Holmes discovering this this house that the Hand of Glory was in, mm-hmm. and basically um, all of the members of this house started fucking each other, and the <laughs> house started fucking them and turning into one giant monster, which was bizarre. <laughs> but there was there was there was one story in particular which was set in uh, France, and it was about this uh, this blind girl. And there was a um, a guy who came into this cafeteria, got this really beautiful voice, and it, it it really affected her. And when she eventually touched this guy, he got tattoos, but they were like wood carvings, and she could read. She was fascinated by touching sort of his arms and reading these carvings as they went along. And it's how it's sort of the uh, I don't know the, uh, the the sensuality of someone with that kind of voice and these mysterious tattoos that uh, and how it draws in someone with no no sight into a world of of darkness and sensuality brilliant story mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah I, I had to look that up it's it's weird to me that i haven't heard of that because i've got pretty much like i felt like the you know the whole canon up until you know D, like super dc time mm-hmm. um so yeah, yeah i've i've uh you know, I make no pretenses about being anything other than a comics poser. I've got a lot of time to make up for. However, mm-hmm. I am enjoying the ride, and New X Men is, uh, is is what I you know what I know Grant Morrison for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, there's there's good stuff everywhere. Like just about everything he's written that isn't like if you don't recognize it, it's really good. Yeah, you know, like it would be weird to pick up you know Batman Incorporated out mm-hmm. of nowhere. Like those are you know good. I don't I, like. I mean, this is getting. <laughs> <laughs> this is so far off topic as to be you know, like, but the, uh, like, I, I mean, I own mainstream DC stuff, like doesn't interest me too much. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. it's bad. It's just, it's yeah, no worse yeah. than my mainstream stuff that I like, but I'm just not, it's not what I grew up with. So I don't care too much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but up until the, like his vertigo run, like nineties, you know, through like the, the mid to late two thousands is just incredible. Like it is so good. And eighties too, I guess. Cause animal man was 80. What? Like, uh, late eighties. Yeah, was it 87? Yeah, so he had like a 20-year run where like everything he touched is some of my favorite, you know, like writing mm. in, in any medium. So. I, I think the ground that he's breaking then, I mean, the, the, a lot of British authors were, were pulled over and sort of ended up uh, uh, not, not, not having as much sort of uh, reverence for the material and mm. being genuinely creative with, you know, a lot of genuinely forgotten property. Um, and some of, the, some of that Doom Patrol stuff. Oh yeah, threw me a huge loop because as much as I enjoyed the Invisibles, I uh, because the the Doom Patrol was perhaps being at, at least trying to format into a DC book. It seemed like he was pushing the envelope a little bit more rather than being unrestrained. And I enjoyed those stories more than the Invisibles, I guess. The the one I always end up taking from them are like individual idealets. And like the, the, you know, and it's all read, you know, I I love Doom Patrol, like I'll read through that. And it's like, oh, here's, you know, here's a sentient city, like our sentient street. That's like the best idea I've heard. Like, that's so (laughs) good. That that communicates through street signs and and steam on windows. That's so good. (laughs) Could appear appear anywhere in the world, Mm -hmm. a street that, a city that you've walked in a thousand times and then you turn down a street that you don't recognize and it's Danny the street. 
<laughs> the, the like the thing about like Doom Patrol too, the the difference there is it's it's a little brighter. Like it's a dark story, but like the thing yeah. with the Invisibles of him being so unrestrained is like you get things like um, the like the businessmen who take the drug that allows them to ride black people and do terrible things, and they're <laughs> and that is like you get this like weird un unbridled like and same thing with the filth too. The filth is incredible. Like it ends on that upbeat, but there's so much like just blacker than night. You know, just pure letting out every dark thought you've ever had into into some of those ideas that like is really appealing to me, just as a, like an intensity of experience. Have you read that um, that recent story about the, uh, the the killer that sort of has the equivalent of a My Little Pony appear to him, and uh, he's really bright and charismatic and hopeful, and this this person's a, basically a murderer? No, I haven't. They, how they interact? I'm curious about that. I haven't been to a comic store in a long time. The last thing I read by him that was new was Joe the Barbarian, mm-hmm. uh, which is really good. But I, I haven't been to a comic book store in a while. I so. used to be a, a really big sort of DC buff, but the, the the price of comics has kind of put me off quite a lot now. But uh, yeah. also the this, this stuff that's going on at DC following the reboot, mm. just it doesn't seem like my universe anymore. Yeah, which and, which makes and, me sound sort of really really old and hackney, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just uh, I don't see a lot there that I could click with. Plus, the the things that appear to have done really well following the reboot could have just run on anyway. Yeah, yeah, and also who who wants to have individual comics around their house? Like at yeah. this point, you know, like I, I'll get a book, but having individual floppies, like I have no interest in that. Oh, I've still oh. got tons of stuff in like old photocopier boxes on top of like <laughs> yeah. the the wardrobe and on shelves and stuff, and I keep think, thinking I should I should really put this in the basement. I'm, I can't be asked a lot of the time; it just stays there, <laughs> yeah. bagged and boarded. Mm-hmm. Not quite bagged uh, and boarded; just just put in, just just, put in just boxed, boxed and <laughs> yeah. boxed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of some of them are, are, are still in the in the bags that were perhaps given away by the comic shop when I when I bought them, but uh, mm. no, they've they've been read and devoured. And you know, some stuff like the 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 uh, the Animal Man and Doom Patrol things, or Mark Wade's run on Flash, or mm. you know, th- things that things that are really precious to me are kept like that. Frank Miller's sort of uh, Daredevil run, um, yeah, like Born Again stuff is 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 boarded, but a lot of it is it was just bought purely for the enjoyment and not just to uh, you know read it with sort of medical gloves on and then seal it behind sort of perspex and yeah as I've yep, seen. Yep. well i need to eat gentlemen yeah i have to put i'm sorry <laughs> to put a pin in this but <laughs> no um, it's been it's been a genuine pleasure and it's yeah. nice to uh nice to have a chat and kind of have so much uh so many so many giggles and no, feels like fast yeah. friends. Like yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we kind of transition seamlessly into deleted scenes <laughs> from that. So, but you, everyone listening, remembers all the admin stuff from last time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so all, awesome. all I will say again, if you're in the Pacific Northwest next Saturday, as you're listening to this, a scant less than six days, I think, until we do our live show for Watch of Fireballs. You know, you can find all the, all the info on our uh, various channels. But yep. you know, you know. Yep, and go listen to uh, Twin Humanities podcast. Yes. Twinhumanities.tumblr.com. Uh, yeah. Bless you. And yeah, and I'm um yeah, until next time. Um, you know, if you take a step forward. <laughs> so the world might be mended. Umbasa. 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 And we all pray that we will have far more soon. 
Hi, how are you? Hey, you doing, doing well? Doing doing just fine. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. A <laughs> couple of chocolate bars and a big mug of coffee, and I'm doing grand. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> we we can't thank you enough for uh, for wow, holy crap, it's, being on no this late. Did you uh, did you see the the new epic name, bro? Video talking about Dark Souls Two today. Uh, no, I did not. Is he, t- is he talking about the new trailer? It, no, he, he had hands-on time with it at uh, uh, the Tokyo Game Show. Brr? And he's, he's, he's done stuff like the first thing that he did, whereas all the journalists have, have gone through and played the game, first thing that he did was, uh, was press uh, select on the control pad. <laughs> so he brought up all the stats, and he was basically saying that uh, there's things like uh, your casting time now is tied into how, how many achievement slots that you've got. Um, and basically, he runs through all the different bits that uh, that have changed with regards to, um, I don't know, parrying. Saying that um, there's a there's a delay in the parrying time, but you can parry the right hand weapon. But if somebody goes in with a left hand weapon, you're going to struggle to encourage uh-huh. sort of uh, uh, double sword play. Um, there's also the stuff where um, if you bring a phantom into your game, they're on a timer, and the more that yeah. they the more people that they kill, the faster their timer goes down. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and there were all these sort of little, little tweaks, and it just, it just sounds like it's going to be its own entity. They're not just going, oh, well, Dark Souls has been really massive. We'll do that again. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's fantastic. There were certain points I was kind of sitting there. I was, I was, it's, it's sort of quite cold here, so I was sort of curled up on the couch under the duvet. <laughs> and I, I felt like a little kid on Christmas Eve and like Santa's telling me the presents that I've got coming. <laughs> so I was, I was sort of like, oh, really? And, you know, odd swears and stuff. Yeah. But, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a great little video, and it'll, it'll get you uh, stupendously excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I read I read some details. There were a lot of previews that went out yesterday when the when the preview uh, event went up, uh, talking about like undead invasions and they're bringing yeah. back the health halving. Uh, yeah, which is something that that uh, threw me out. when. Yeah, it threw me on the on the initial play of, of Dark Souls because I at first I thought well they missed the trick here because there's <laughs> there's no difference without realizing you know the uh, the NPC stuff and yeah. Um, yeah and how helpful other people could be in there, but. Um, yeah, it, it does sound like they've really shaken things up. Oh, and there's something else that was in there as well, was um, uh, your ability to backstab is dependent on the weapon that you're holding, that some weapons are better at backstabbing than others. Oh, hmm. kind of like how some shields would be better at uh, parrying than others. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, so that's going to be interesting as to whether, as to whether that's um, to encourage you um, swapping through your weapons a little faster if you're thinking that right i'm going to go in for a backstab so i'll go for a you know a, a smaller stabby little beast rather than sort of carrying the as vi which might be a, a, a you know a, a longer swing to try and get a, a backstab in with but yeah, yeah. it's it's it was just one of those that it, it left me be, beaming so if there's any electric charge to uh to staying up to two uh <laughs> two in the morning even beyond chocolate bars and coffee it's still that because it's uh <laughs> Got me giggling like a loon. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw you tweet about it, but I haven't gotten a chance to to watch it yet. Um, yeah, yeah, and there's there's kind of a lot of it going on now, so I was kind of waiting for some of the initial um, flood of news to kind of die down in order to wait for somebody who you know who I had seen before and kind of trusted to to speak mm. about it. So that's really cool. I've been at work all day, so I haven't definitely I haven't seen it yet, but um, I was planning to to check that out. 
So what, I'm, you, I'm Gary, by the way. Yes. Oh, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Introductions so, and everything. This know, is cool. We, we yeah. launch right into it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we know who think, each other are. We, we're I, good. I think that's, that's the thing. If, if, if the bonding is souls, then, uh, then fast friends that you shall become. <laughs> Book if of you, Bob, chapter orange. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you meet another soul on the road, the, yeah, um, yeah I, I think that I think that trailer looks, you know, yeah, kill them, <laughs> yeah, kill them. <laughs> steal their souls, yeah, yeah, kill them or summon them. The uh, uh, I think the trailer looks really good. I know that there are probably going to be gameplay uh, wrinkles that I I can't expect even after the trailers, but I know that I will adapt myself to them, and mm-hmm. it is a function of trust that. Uh, I will come to love everything that initially causes me difficulty because that's how it's gone with the other two games as well. Like it just took me a little while to figure it out. They know what they're doing. One of the things that they said was they, all the all the footage that they're showing off at Tokyo Game Show um, that the journalists have been writing about is actually the beta. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is really exciting, and it concludes with that that chariot um, going down the corridor that was seen in the in the early footage. Uh huh. Yeah. I love me a yeah. slice of that. I, I'm psyched <laughs> to that. I'm, I'm definitely psyched about that guy. The uh, yeah, it's it, and I, the only thing that out of the big news bump that's disappointed me is the no day and date PC because I know that's how I'm going to want to play it. Like mm. it's you know waiting, like I did unintentionally for Dark Souls to you know turn out to be the best choice just because I can do all kinds of neat stuff with it. I'm thinking um, that this that this isn't a um, a degree of oh we're not sure as to whether the the pc version's um been finished i think this is strategic because if the pc version isn't available on launch people are going to buy the 360 and the ps3 version because they're going to want it you know it's that want it culture they're going to want it within the the first few weeks and you know if then they go right the police the the pc version's going to be you know if if say 11th of no of march on ps3 and 360 if they then say that the ps the pc version is going to be say april 2nd or something like that right uh, i think people will jump on on the on the console versions first and then get the pc version afterwards because that's the that's the reason i think that they've not announced ps4 and 360 versions because they'll they'll get the bulk of those sales out of the way and then they'll yeah. make a splash with the yeah. with the later versions, and it's it's still that drip feed of of information and sort of uh, you know mana to the to the hungry uh, the hungry people that want it. I think. If only we hadn't been so loyal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mind you, if you see yeah. if you see my collection of, of like the Souls games, I got the uh, I got the Atlas US release. Then I supported the uh, the Black Phantom EU release of of Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. Um, I got. The first release of Dark Souls, then um, the Prepare to Die one on PC, and I, my PCs, it's like something out of the Flintstones. If you if you open up the side, it's probably some sort of hamster on a treadmill. Yeah. It's, well, a it's a living. living. Yeah. God damn it, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> no different fields. Yeah. But yeah, I got um, one of the uh, UK retailers uh, released the Steelbook edition about a month mm. ago, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, and you know, I, I see this this little pile growing. Um, and when they announced that uh, that collector's edition of the new one, uh, one of my friends was like, "I'm not paying ninety quid for for a statue." And I'm like, "Well, just buy the regular one, misery trousers." <laughs> <laughs> like but that's how I'm, I'm statue soundtrack. I love that. Uh, that's how I'm justifying it to myself is that I can buy the collector's edition of the. Uh, whoop, pardon me. Um, the uh, I can buy the uh, collector's edition of the the 360 or PS3 version, and then I'll buy the PC version for. 
you know, once it comes out where I'll do all my later runs and when they do all the modding and stuff. Yeah. So one of them is just for the statue and the map and all the jazz. I'm so, I'm so jazzed about that cloth map. It's stupid how excited I am about that. <laughs> like, I'm, like that, that is such a, it's an automatic, like if I, you know, graded games, it'd be hard not to give every game that came with a cloth map an extra, is extra there, letter grade. On the, on the Namco US site of the original Dark Souls that if you bought it, you got a t-shirt I think that was something like a cloth map of the Undead Berg and it, the game. I've seen that map before, but it was after my time. Like, I came to the game after it. I, I bought it on PC first after, mm-hmm. you know, kind of evangelizing. Mm-hmm. So, there we go. Yeah, uh, yeah and I don't, the, the only collector thing I've really got is the... Did you, have you seen those customs? Um, I, I got that, the guy who made the Solaire statues. <laughs> For a time, I've got a little Solaire statue. Oh, wow. I'm very oh, into- I've seen the one. I think I saw it on on tumblr yeah, yeah yeah and they they followed up they did a sif statue after that but i the sif statue was much more expensive and also mostly looked like a wolf um yeah. so i figured i could go into any truck stop and make my own custom sif <laughs> statue just by get, just a, bow, get a, a bowie knife and some duct tape yeah, say, yeah on, like, on, on the floor of the truck stop people, yeah. people walking past and they were like uh, like uh, can yeah. i get to the chips please and we're like not until I've done this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, making a wolf warrior. Yeah, no, listen, there's a lot of lore you need to digest before you can yeah. summarily dismiss this project. Yeah. So Sip you, was the faithful companion like of Night Artorius. Suddenly become like one of the one of the merchants in uh, in, in Demon Souls, sitting there cross legged and go like, Hello, stranger, would you like to buy a wolf statue? <laughs> yeah. That was a bit too Resident Evil 4 for its own good, I think. But. <laughs> Buying a wolf statue? <laughs> every, every time somebody, uh, somebody Scottish comes into work, there's a little sort of flicker in the back of my mind thinking, at the end of the world, this is the sort of person that will be able to fix you weapons. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is funny. <laughs> you know when you get those little ticks from the games as well? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, yeah. yeah or, or somebody reminds you of something. There was, I, I remember, there was one point. There was a guy that came in who walked exactly like the fat official from, from Demon <laughs> Souls, and I was trying not to. But then afterwards, with, with Demon Souls, when I saw like the fat official, I kept imagining this guy, and then my brain flicked to imagine if he's got a cassette Walkman on, what he's listening to. Um, and there was, there was. You can tell by the way I move my walk. <laughs> that was in there. Um, there was Thriller by Michael Jackson. And then there was, it was one day, and I'm sure I was just playing it up until the early hours, trying to to get past the the dragon on one. Was it one three? I think. You know that one that uh, that just breathes fire constantly down that lane in this this yeah. two of the fat yeah. official. Mm-hmm. For some reason, Sunshine of Your, of your Life by uh, Stevie Wonder came <laughs> into my head. As he's like wandering down there, like clubbing out of fire. Like, you are the sunshine <laughs> of my life. Just something really peaceful and really soul. He's just like... <laughs> 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 yeah. there's, there's a, one of my co-workers had a baby and their baby crawls just like the Titanite demon. And uh, she showed me a video of it and I was just like, that's a Titanite demon crawl right there. <laughs> Yeah, that's what that is. And then her, her husband got into the, the Souls games and you know sent me a text. And it was just like, that's exactly what it is. Um, the next step would, to, would be to get them one of those little prongs, at least for photographs. A yeah, bit, yeah, a baby catch pole. Got, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be, baby catch pole. Yeah, Baby's first catch pole. short of removing a leg and a head. <laughs> or harvesting it for anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, in yeah. for a penny, in for a pound. 
Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> He's a little Cassie. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Just imagine sort of if it was a, a proper reality and, and sort of people are going through these worlds and they're seeing the ghost. They were just like, yeah, uh, you know, I, I trod on that blood stain and that guy fell over the edge. You'd be like, did you see the, the ghost of the guy with the notepad? <laughs> 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 yeah, the, the, I, I'm sure that Cole's bloodstain is going to be more bland yeah, than probably, any of these. Probably. Eventually, when Cole dies and someone touches his bloodstain, <laughs> yeah, so it'd yeah. just be a lot, of, a, a lot of sitting still, punctuated by 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 a couple of instances of rapid movement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop short of conjecturing on the cause of your death. Uh, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> yeah. We'll just we'll just pick a pick a mixtape and then just stand there whilst the single tear sort of falls down the cheek. <laughs> Did you know that the um I just learned that there's a there's a thing called um God, it's like Lucretia mortis and it's the your eye um the thing there's essentially like a, a process in your eye that holds in tears and when you die it dies and a lot of times when people die you shed a tear no like there there's a name for it like it is a a, a specific thing that will happen and sometimes it happens like within 10 hours of you dying but it's like a surefire sign of sign of death is that your eyes lose the ability to retain tears hmm. and you'll actually cry on, on when you die I like just no one idea. tear it's like all the the tear fluid that you've saved up how did you find that out? Um, a podcast. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, is um, about uh, how stuff works, about dying, like the process of dying. Oh, man, I haven't listened to that yet. Yeah, it's, it just came out today. It's real good. Yeah. What's that? Um, lots, of, lots of interesting stuff. Yeah. I fucking so, love that show. I, I didn't know yeah. you listened to that. Oh, yeah. I've, that? Um, it's called How Stuff Works. How Stuff Works. Oh, no, yeah. I'm sorry. Stuff You Should Know. Yeah. From yeah. How Stuff Works, the network. Um, stuff You Should Know. It's like a two like real genial dudes. And they just pick something like, here's how Navy SEALs work. Here's okay. how, you know, um, I don't know human, like human growth hormones work. Here's yeah. how, it just, you know, just random, here's how Mardi Gras works. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, talks about it. Oh, yeah. Sounds yeah. cool. It's been going for like yeah. six, seven years now, something like that. I haven't yeah. listened to it for like six. Yeah, it's the, only, great. the only thing I can I can kind of uh, jostle with that, which is a uh, a really bizarre fact, which uh, which came in my head the other day. Um, somebody put it on Twitter, and it just refuses to leave. Which was, um, do you know the difference in age between the actor Gary Oldman and the musician Gary Newman? It's twenty one days. <laughs> Gary Oldman <laughs> is Gary Oldman is twenty one days older than Gary Newman. <laughs> No, I, I, I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. How bizarre so that, is that? If there's, if there's ever a God up in heaven, and it was just like, you know, these miracles on the earth with that year, we was like, well, well, you know, I'll set up the ecosystem. We was like, what was you? He was like, you know, you know Gary Oldman, the actor. And he just delivers this, this, this joke that he thinks is the funniest joke ever. But I just thought it was bizarre. <laughs> so I'm going to reveal my, my ignorance. What's the, uh, what, is there a significance to the 21 days? Um, I I don't know. Perhaps that's the uh, hmm. that's the next. No, that's step. just the difference between. It's just been quantified what the difference between old and and new is. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So it's not <laughs> okay. So I'm not revealing ignorance. I'm revealing uh, dim wittedness. Okay, yeah. there we go. <laughs> I thought you were going into a deeper meaning there. I thought you were going into a, an extra layer. Yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Three weeks. Not, what could that be? Not yeah. even scratching the surface. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man. So you you say Gary Oldman, and all I think of uh, so you say, and the gestalt of that is uh, uh, for me right now. Uh, you know, uh, Gordon, right? 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, you say Gary Newman, and all I hear is cars. Yep, that's the guy. A- a- and so, like, all, all that that sentence says to me is, you know, Commissioner Gordon is 21 days older than cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some cars, You get probably. a version of, of, of Commissioner Gordon doing uh, a version of cars, but relating it to his jealousy to the Batmobile. Yeah, like, Batmobiles. Yeah, 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 there we just, go. Yeah. Here in my car, it's not as good as his car. He is wearing a cape and a rubber suit. His it's car. oil slicks and cow drops too. <laughs> where is my anchor where I can drive around a corner? <laughs> that wasn't on the list. I couldn't even afford aircon. <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's possibly, like, with all due respect to everyone involved in that last couple minutes, maybe the dumbest thing that we've ever recorded. <laughs> like, it's so, <laughs> like, well, what if Mr. Gordon was singing a parody of about the Batmobile? <laughs> Uh, well thank you very much for uh for joining us on the uh the depression archive where we where where we try to combat all forms of depression this week commissioner gordon sings the version of cars remember jealousy is a factor in many many people's <laughs> and, we th- and we think it would sound a little something <laughs> like this. <laughs> and they take off a robe and there's some sort of glittery disco costume. <laughs> <laughs> and they just start doing the cars dance. But perhaps with a pair of Commissioner Gordon glasses and, so- and a stick on moustache. <laughs> <laughs> and he dies halfway through and his wife's real sad, but then he comes back and says, I had to do it. You know, it comes if, back for the last course. If the us <laughs> don't do that well between us, we we can always tour this. I believe. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> we did, we did the podcasts and we and we, and we we love Dark Souls, but Broadway was a different matter. Once we yeah. got there, the sights, the sounds, the rapturous audience, <laughs> praise the sun became secondary to all of us. <laughs> praise the sun, but our sun became the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> the love boom. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. What? That happens? would be the encore, obviously. Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> I was trying to think of somebody who would be jealous of a boat for the love boat song, <laughs> but like, there's no, there's nobody with like, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of somebody like a musician with the last name Shipman or something like that. <laughs> uh, Barry, Barry Manilow was always uh, sort of a, accused of. Uh, of oh. speed boating, I believe the term was. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, you, you, you're missing a Gary Billy Ocean. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Billy Ocean <laughs> that would have been a fitting end to his career. Because <laughs> <laughs> every now and again, one of those songs will, will come on, and I'll be like, I hated you, <laughs> <laughs> Billy, Billy Ocean, or Barry Man or Barry Manilow. <laughs> Barely, yeah. Manilow. Burn. <laughs> is that is that the, uh, the sort of tribute act that just does a really depressed version of Barry Manilow? Oh, I I guarantee there's a cover version of Barry Manilow called Barely Manilow. That's oh. like too. That's too good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the guy coming on just looking really dour, maybe yeah. just sort of stains over his suit and go. Here's another one of his songs. God, I hate that's fucking magic. Yep, that's, bar- that's <laughs> it's fucking magic. <laughs> Barelymanilow.com. <laughs> The ultimate Barry Manilow cover band. Someone that, someone that suffers with Tourette's. 
Oh. That'd be you know, Butley Manilow or Bumley Manilow or Bitchley Manilow. Somebody had Tourette's. One that suffers from, from Tourette's but is child friendly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Bum, poo. Yeah, yeah, poo. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. All the bases now? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, join us on next week's show when we'll be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, prepared to do what we've been playing? Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I think I think you should go first. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're good. Let's let's jump right into it. All right. So cool. What you been playing? Oh, I'm so happy that you asked. Um, and it's convenient because we're all in front of microphones. Um, I have been playing um, Dark Souls, which is uh, from Software's spiritual successor slash follow-up to demons souls from last year and um i got through the tutorial um (laughs) uh and the most lukewarm praise i've ever heard (laughs) (laughs) well the game prides itself on being incredibly difficult you know the they still have the stupid death penalties I didn't think the death penalties were, were, were too hard. Okay, so the game's uh, tagline is prepare to die, which, you know, again, leveraging their reputation. And, the, you know, it's kind of laid out to be kind of like a roguelike, you know. It's supposed to have some kind of permanence to the way things happen. If you die on the, on the way back to your corpse retrieval, you lose uh, humanity and you lose, I think, some experience, which, you know, gives you incentive to stay alive. Um and you will die quite often is something that they've built in and made a, a, a core mechanic of the game, which is which is okay. But in my experience, a lot of the difficulty was 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 fake. In that, you know, I was dying on just the regular mook skeletons that would rise out of the rise out of the graveyard and you know come at me. I just kind of like, well, I'm blocking and I go and hit, but I can only take three hits before I die. So making the same corpse run over and over and over, my my, my patience just, you know, dwindled away. The the, the, the the tutorial was 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 good because, you know, it, I, I guess it has to be easy because it is a tutorial, but, you know, it shows you kind of like breaking out of this um, uh, asylum for the dead, which, you know, just every anybody who comes back to like after they uh, comes back to life after they die, they're put away in this place because they ultimately, you know, lose all their uh, humanity and become the hollow. Um, but, uh, you get out and you have to go and find a way to restore all of your, uh, humanity and you have to like defeat a big demon. And that was, you know, f- fairly difficult, but, you know, you managed to get around it because the dodging was okay. But just in general, the, the controls are kind of clunky. Um, the presentation is kind of weird. I kind of got a, uh, um, kind of early PS2 vibe from the, from the interface, and the uh, and and the menus and stuff like that, and uh, and this is one of my biggest complaints. The main attack, like you know, swinging your sword, that is mapped on the Xbox 360 to the right bumper. Hmm. Okay. Um, and if you're not familiar with the Xbox 360 controller, the right bumper is kind of where L- uh, R1 would be on a PS2 uh, PS3 controller. Um, but it is the worst feeling button on the uh, on the controller. It's, you know, super wiggly and it, like it clicks, it feels cheap. And if you're mashing that over and over again, um, it's like the, it's the least 
um, appropriate place they could put that um, command. One of the most common ones you can't be using. It? Uh, not that I saw, no. Oh, now that's just kind of dumb. Yeah. So I, I, I gave it a shot. You know, I just wanted to see what all the hubbub was about. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's punishing um, in a lot of the wrong ways. Um, I, just, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it has promise. Like, it's this open world kind of thing, and you go around and you do, like, dungeon crawls and stuff like that. You know, I, I always like the idea of, like, uh, you know, traps in the environment. Like, I like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm one of the few people who really likes, like, trial and error trap you know, navigation and things like that. Just things that kind of like you should have noticed, but you, but you didn't, but you're like, Oh, I'll be more watchful about that in the future. You know? So you probably really like new Vegas. then. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, I quickly learned to be careful around, um, anywhere the Legion's been. <laughs> exactly. They, they are cuckoo for setting up shotguns at uh, head level. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, 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 you know, kind of, uh, in the same vein, a lot of the, uh, different kinds of dungeons that you would run into in, um, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, um, I thought that those were handled very well. And this, you know, kind of, you know, played itself off or came across to me as a very, a hyper Japanese approach to, um, trying to make an Elder Scrolls game, which I get, uh, the story is, is, is goddamn incomprehensible, by the way. <laughs> Like you should get a YouTube of the opening cinematic by itself, because there are like sixteen different factions, and there's a there's a skinless dragon, I guess, that went against dragon kind, and they're just like it showed like all the different kingdoms and the monsters that inhabit it. It is super surreal. Like I questioned my sanity after watching. I really kind of liked the storyline of. Uh, Demon Souls. That that was the the previous one, right? I'm not. Yeah, that that was the previous one. And from what I understand, they're very closely linked. I never played Demon Souls, and you know, I guess what I'm saying is this is not for me. So I, I don't want to make a qualitative judgment. I don't understand. I, I I don't understand why anybody with my temperament would want to play it because I get frustrated and discouraged easily. Oh yeah, I yeah. I didn't think it was a good game. Um, I. I at least my my take on um, Demon Souls was it had a lot going for it in terms of fairly interesting character progression, you know, kind of um, an interesting storyline. Um, it just wasn't a good game. Uh, one one notable thing: I don't have my system connected to the internet, um, and even if I did, I don't have Xbox Live Gold, so I probably wouldn't have been able to um, see the you know, the, the notes that are left behind like the ghosts of other players. Like when you die, you can leave a message for people who come behind you, which seems like an interesting way to, uh, to kind of, uh, plot out and give tips to, to each other, or even misdirection. That seems like it'd be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, there's, there's only one thing you use that for, and that's to try to lead tr people into traps. <laughs> that would be fun. I would like that, but oh well. <laughs> any questions or thoughts on that before I move on? I just want to talk about Coder, so no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll keep you. I'll keep you in suspense a little bit more, Ben, uh, right. because I've been playing Mist Four uh, Revelation. Mm -hmm. 